Hey, this is Donovan Patton, star of League of Wonder. Do you need an adventure to listen to on that next road trip? An audio thriller for your morning jog? A great laugh to share with your friends? Glisten Plus has your next great listen. If adventure is what you're after, tune in to League of Wonder, where I play Kip, an adorable Yorkshire terrier that is thrust into adventure when my girl, Dorothy Gale, and a magical slipper go missing. Desperate to find her, I team up with a ragtag group of animal heroes that include the suave white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, the eccentric toad from Wind in the Willows, the persnickety cricket from Pinocchio, and the Darling family's protective St. Bernard, Lulu, from Peter Pan. American Leprechaun, a Glisten Plus production. Episode 1. Shoals of stars swept across the night's black curtain like glimmering creatures in a phosphorescent sea. The bats were out, chasing the lights that dived and flickered above the hills and hedges. Occasionally they caught one, but all the poor bat got for his trouble was a kick in the chops. For on this night, these dancing lights were neither gnats nor fireflies. They were fairy folk, in their thousands and tens of thousands, making their way by wing and foot to the royal mounds at Tara. For this was Midsummer's Eve, the night when all the magical beings in Ireland pixies, nixies, fairies, brownies, elves, and leprechauns came together for the Grand Cayley, the great gathering to commemorate... Well, the truth was no one could remember exactly what the Grand Cayley commemorated, but it had been going on for a long, long time, longer than even the fairies could remember, which meant it was far more ancient than even the oldest leprechaun. The sparkling rivers of light came together within the vast sweep of the bowl. A huge natural amphitheater tucked inside a circle of tall green hills. The troops and tribes of magical beings hurried to their places, for they knew exactly where to sit. All but the youngest could find their seats blindfolded. And no wonder. Everyone always sat in the same place every Midsummer's Eve. It was the same spot where their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents had been sitting since ancient times. A fairy sitting at the top of the bowl would have an extraordinary view. The lights covering the slopes flashed and twinkled in the night like a carpet of fireflies. But no fairy would have had that view because no fairy would have been sitting at the top of the bowl. Those seats were reserved for leprechauns. And even though leprechauns care nothing for vistas, panoramas, or twinkling, they react rudely to strangers trying to sit in their midst. True to form, not a single leprechaun even glanced at the view. They chatted, visited, argued, haggled, and wandered about. One sitting on a stone bench, away at the top, in the farthest, highest row, was reading a book. His name? was Rowan Harity. He was a youngish leprechaun, and he's also the one telling you this story. Hello. It's good to meet you. In human years, I would have been about 15. Although going strictly by the calendar, my actual age would have been closer to three or four hundred at the time. Give or take a decade or two. I was dressed all in green like every other leprechaun, from my three-cornered hat to my silver-buckled shoes with the turned-up toes. My ears come to a point and my eyes have an elvish cast to them that can give me a sly, guarded look. Or, so I've been told. And the book I'm reading 
every leprechaun, home and hearth, owned a copy. No, it wasn't the Bible. It was a volume far closer to every leprechaun's heart and soul. Laughlin's Guide to Irish Coins and Medals. I held the book on my knees, bent so low over the page that my nose nearly touched the paper. This was important work, after all. I was comparing a picture in the coin guide with a large gold coin I held between my thumb and forefinger. The coin was as big as a pat of butter. Some would have taken it for a Spanish doubloon, though at a second glance it was obviously much older. I studied the text on the page closely. D-I-A-R. Yes! Yes, it is! I have one! I jumped off the worn stone bench, half buried in the hillside, and spun around with glee. Such a display of excitement was most unusual for a leprechaun, since leprechauns seldom become excited about anything, unless it involves their pot of gold. Nothing means more to a leprechaun than his pot of gold. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is! Sit down and pay attention. Don't you know better than to jump around making a fool of yourself when the High King is speaking? Such bad manners. What will the other leprechauns say? That be my mother and father, perhaps the only two leprechauns who actually listen to the High King's speech. And of course, the Harity family wouldn't be complete without... Oh, come on, Mum. Nobody's paying attention to the High King. Nobody ever pays attention to the High King. They're all just waiting for the feast and the dancing to start. My brother, Neil. The worst for them. The shame of it, too. I can't understand this younger generation at all. In my day, when the High King spoke, everybody listened. And you'll listen, too, Rowan and Neil, and show respect, mind you, if I have anything to do with it. But we can't hear him. How could a leprechaun ever hear anything? They always make us sit up here. Any higher and we'd be in the clouds. Far, far away, at the bottom of the bowl, a tiny speck stood on a torchlit platform. It was His Royal Highness Puck the 28th, High King of Ireland, the Great Fairy Monarch, Lord and Master of the Twilight Realm and all its inhabitants. He was reading from a parchment scroll that curled around his ankles. He's been going on like that for an hour. What's he talking about? I don't know. I wager no one else does either. Don't be impertinent. When the High King speaks, his subjects listen. It's our duty to listen to the High King. It don't matter if we can hear him or not. I waited until my parents looked the other way. Then I went back to my coin and the book. Neil peered over my shoulder. What you looking at? I held the coin up to the glow of the nearby lantern. Gory! It's a groat! That coin you found is a golden groat. And by the holes in my stockings, it's not just any groat. It's a King Diarmuid groat. One and the same. I've been looking for one for ages. Help me check it against the coin book. I want to make sure there's no mistake. There's one true way to find out if it's really a King Diarmuid groat. You know the legend. A King Diarmuid groat always returns to the pocket of the one who finds it. Let's put it to the test. We'll see if that's so. I've got it in my pocket now. If it's a true King Diarmuid groat, it'll turn up in yours in a minute or two. That's not a chance I want to take. Give it back! No need grabbing for it. If it's a real groat, it'll come back by itself. Stop it, the two of you. Everyone is looking this way. Would you stop it right now? You're embarrassing us all. I don't care. 
Neil has my groat. Make him give it back. I snatched it from Neil and then jumped up on the bench, my fist high in the air, so he couldn't grab it back. Above it all came the thin, clear voice of the High King, who had finally summoned up the power to make himself heard. St. Patrick be praised. We have a volunteer. I looked at my hand stuck up high in the air. Now, you might be wondering what exactly I inadvertently volunteered myself for. I was wondering the same thing. It wouldn't be until hours later that I discovered my unlucky fate. The king's secret chamber was deep and broad and dug into the earth centuries before. Once the ferry guards left, he sat me down to explain the mission I had raised my hand to partake in. Ireland has lost her way. Misery and darkness have brought her low. She will not find her way again until we recover St. Patrick's spectacles. St. Patrick's spectacles? I didn't know he wore glasses. Oh, indeed he did. And no ordinary spectacles are they. Oh, no. The spectacles carry a powerful blessing for they were made of green Roman glass framed with gold. They belonged to the Emperor Augustus first. From him, they passed to St. Peter, then to St. Augustine. At last, they came into St. Columba's hands, and he, in turn, gave them to the great St. Patrick himself on the day he boarded the ship that would bring him to Ireland. Keep these spectacles close, dear Patrick. When the night is dark and the fog rolls in and you cannot see to find your way, put these spectacles on. They'll show you the path to take bright and clear as if it were paved with gold. So they did, dear Rowan. The blessed spectacles led St. Patrick the length and breadth of Ireland. Before the saint died, he gave them into the care of the High King of the Fairies. That's you, right? Yes. Yes, I am he. St. Patrick himself stored the spectacles in secret underground vaults in Armagh Cathedral with Ireland's greatest treasures. There they rested for a thousand years until, seeking an answer for Ireland's misery and woe, I opened the stone chest where the saint himself had placed them. Do you know what I found? No. Nothing. It was empty, except for a bit of paper. See for yourself. I opened the note and read it. If it's the specs you hope to see, Seek them in Ameriki. Am I to go to Ameriki? Correct. And how am I to get to there? Journey west, towards the setting sun. When you come to the ocean, cross it. You'll find Ameriki on the other side. No leprechaun has ever crossed the ocean. Wouldn't a pixie or a fairy be a better choice? Pixies and fairies can fly. They fly because they're made of air. Air's their element. That's the problem. They're airy and flighty. Try to get a fairy or pixie to focus on one task for more than a minute. That can't be done. 
Now, leprechauns, they're different. They come from Earth, and like the Earth, they're solid as the rocks and stones. Whatever a leprechaun sets his mind to do, he'll do. Especially if what he seeks involves gold. Is gold involved? <laughs> there could be. Come back with the specs, and the gratitude of the Twilight Realm won't disappoint you. Could you be more specific? No. In that case, I believe I'll be moving on. You don't understand, Rowan Harity. It isn't you who chooses. It's you who is chosen. St. Patrick himself has appointed you to find his spectacles and save Ireland. Find them. Poor, bleeding Ireland depends on you. I know you will not let her down. Which was how I, Rowan Harity, came to be walking down the Sligo Road. Perhaps it's well that I did. It certainly opened my eyes to the depths of Ireland's misery. For while I had heard of the hard times, I had never actually seen them before my eyes. How could I? Leprechauns have little to do with mortals. The mortal tries to steal the pot of gold, and the leprechaun tries to pay him back. There's little love between the two. But even if I had a heart of Galway granite, it would have melted within my chest at what I saw on the Sligo Road. Coin? Food? My baby is going to starve. This was not only on the road to Sligo. The same ghastly scenes played out over and over again on every road in the bright green isle. Not even the oldest fairies could recall such misery. The potato crop had failed three years running. There was nothing to eat and nothing left to sell. People flocked to the ports by thousands, and soon the tens of thousands, seeking escape from a land that now seemed cursed. The weak and the sick dropped by the roadside. <coughs> Leprechauns don't weep. I cannot recall a time I so much as shed a tear. I had never even seen a leprechaun baby cry, but I wept that day. But I also made a vow on my pot of gold. When a leprechaun swears on his pot of gold, he has made a vow that can never be broken. For should he ever break that vow, he forfeits every bit of gold in his pot, as well as every bit of gold that may ever find its way to his pot for as long as he lives. Considering that they live nearly a few thousand years, all told, a forfeit like that is more frightening to a leprechaun than eternal hellfire and damnation. Yet I made that vow and I made it proudly. If those spectacles are to be found, then I, Rowan Harity, will find them and return them to Ireland. This I swear on my pot of gold. American Leprechaun, starring Ed Cunningham as Rowan Harity, Melanie Zanetti as Moira O'Sullivan, Miles Peterson as Finn, and Matthew Watterson as the Muldoons. Based on a story by Eric Kimmel, written for audio by Derek Petras, 
Directed by Adam J. Epstein. Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Todd Donald. Additional voices by Jonathan Freeman, Jason Kelly, Chris Flockton, Rachel Rath, Patrick Laberteau, and Daniel Bonjour. American Leprechaun is a Glisten Plus production.